who do you say that Christ is? Your answer to that question is the foundation of your life. Who do you say? Who do you say? Not what others say. Who do you say? In your personal lives, who do you say that Christ is? Matthew 16, verse 15 through 19. Jesus asks, but what about you? He asks, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You serve the only living God. Hallelujah. The living God who changes everything. Who died for you to bring you life in him. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Beloved, the foundations of our walk, the foundation of our faith is who do we say Christ is? Who do you say Christ is? Your answer will set the entire course for your life. Your answer to that question will determine your level of victory in which you walk in this earth. Your answer to that question will determine the Christ-likeness that is demonstrated in your life. That's in your personal life, that's for you personally, and that is for, in terms of the demonstration of Holy Spirit in your life and unto others. Because guess what? God has absolutely no limits for you. He does not put a limitation on your life when you are in Christ Jesus. When you are in Christ Jesus. Earthly limits are removed. He is limitless. God is limitless. And he wants you to break free of the limitations of this world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. He has given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. They belong to you. They are yours Say, the keys to the kingdom of heaven are mine. That does not imply a limit to me. Because God has the keys to everything needed. Or desired, as a matter of fact. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Say that. 
the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Your revelation of Christ, Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, the Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, in you, in you, where does Christ dwell? In the believer, in us, will determine whether you walk in the overcoming anointing of Christ or whether you choose the limits of this world. And it's completely up to you, totally up to you. We choose to receive revelation of Christ or we choose the limitations of the world. How many of you agree with that? Agreed. And it's really up to us. Our circumstance will follow our answer to the question, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Christ is? Our circumstance follows the, answer, the way in which we answer that question. No circumstance opposed to God's word can rule over you. No circumstance. Oppo- I'm trying to elevate your thinking. Holy Spirit's trying to elevate your thinking here today. No circumstance opposed to God's word can rule over you when you see Christ for who he really is, when you see Christ for what he's really done, when you see Christ in you and understand what is truly living. Living, did I say living? Did I say living? Living on the inside of the believer. On this rock, he will build his church. You are the Christ, the son of the living God, the rock. The rock. Oh, that one immediately. Every time I hear the word rock, it wants to take me when I visited heaven. And then I want to start talking about it. So I'm just going to move on. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. On this rock, I will build my church. The living God, the living word, the alive truth, the rock foundation. Do you know you are resting on the rock as a believer? Do you know that? (laughs) You are on only truth, the truth that changes everything when you are situated on the rock. So, Let me take you to a time long, long ago. I'm going to take you back. We're going to go way back to the Garden of Eden. And in the garden, Adam and Eve chose not to believe God. They chose that. That was their choice. They chose to trust in human reasoning, thoughts in their mind, um, whisperings from the devil, Y'all are going to have whisperings from the devil, but you don't have to choose to listen. Right? We replace those whisperings with the word. 
Because this word will annihilate all the whisperings of the devil. The truth of this word. But they chose to listen to that, those, those evil whisperings. They chose to follow those thoughts rather than what God said. They chose to act on those thoughts rather than on the way in which God had told them. And they fell. They fell. They fell from glory. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? You, you have it all, just complete unity with the Father. And you fall from that glory. What an awful feeling. They fell into fear. They fell into lack. They fell into poverty. They fell into death. They fell into turmoil. They fell into confusion. They fell from perfect unity with God. Oneness, total complete oneness. Go back through all the CDs. We've talked about all that. They fell from the spirit of life. The very spirit of the life of God. They fell from that into a spirit of sin, into the curse of death. That's what they received in exchange. In every area of, our, of their lives, but thank God, our good, loving, merciful, kind, full of grace God had a plan. A beautiful plan. He had a plan, and he made a way for us. He made a way for you. He made a way for me to be reunited with him in glory in the perfect presence of God. Don't think that's too much to ask. It is actually his calling for you. It is actually his intention for you to walk right back into that glory, to walk right back into his redemption, to walk right back into resurrection life in Christ, to walk right back into the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the new law in the New Testament. The law. They call, it's a law. He says it's a law. Not an imagination. Not a sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has removed us from the law of sin and death. Those are not just words. Those are not just words. It is an eternal promise. It is spiritual reality. It is spiritual reality. So as a result of his great love for us, we have been redeemed back as believers in Christ, as believers in Christ. Not some new age, not, nothing metaphysical. As believers in Christ and only as believers in Christ. This becomes the spirit. The spirit of life in Christ becomes our way of life. It becomes our atmosphere. It becomes our abode. It becomes our indwelling presence. 
Thank you, Lord. We are made to reside in his love poured out unto us. You are made to reside in his love poured out upon you, in his safety, in his peace, in his provision, in his protection, in his presence, in his joy, in his wisdom, in his completeness, completeness. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. The same spiritual blessing as Christ. You are called, you are called to reside in his glory and in his power. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, by the good pleasure of his Father, has given you the same glory that God gave him. By the good pleasure of the Father, intention of the Father, has given you the same glory that he gave that was given to him by the father John 17:22 I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one one in him him in us us in him one in him you are one with the trinity What's missing in the glory? What's missing in the glory? Nothing. Nothing missing. What's missing in the presence of God? Nothing. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Believe for it, beloved. Believe for it. Nothing missing, nothing glory broken. If you are truly believing in the Christ... If you are truly believing in the Christ, you know that this is true. You know that this is yours. You know. It's who he intended you to be. It's what he intended you to be. It's what he intended you to have. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus comes to dwell in and recreate your spirit, recreate you. The spiritual life of Christ, think about this, the spiritual life of Christ comes to dwell in your mortal body. The spirit of the life of Christ comes to dwell in your mortal body. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. It comes to infuse you with Christ manifest in you. You understand that? Christ manifest in you. To transform our minds, to transform our wills, to transform our emotions. 
It causes us to prosper in our souls. He desires that we prosper even as our souls prosper in him. He comes to fix a whole lot. And believe me, it's all fixable. Well, don't believe me, believe the word. It's all fixable (laughs) in Jesus. That's his intention for you. Physical, mental, emotional, all the power, all the life of Christ, his very spirit dwelling in you. Can you get a hold of that today? Can you just stop and say the spirit of Christ? Put your hands on your, on your hearts. The spirit of Christ, the life, the spirit of the life of Christ dwells in me. Say that. Come on. Christ dwells in me. Hallelujah. All the power, all the life, his very spirit. See, see your, your flesh is a battleground. Your flesh is a battleground, but you see, the flesh doesn't have to win. The flesh does not win. Does not have to win. The flesh is always at enmity with God. It's always including our wrong thinking about everything that God has really given to us, including our wrong thinking, our limits, the limitations that we place on Jesus. See, that's flesh. And he's come to get rid of it. Because his new spirit in you is the victory of Christ in you as a believer, as a believer in Christ. Do you get it? Can anyone repeat what I just said? <laughs> Let's listen. The spirit of life of Christ Jesus in you is the victory of Jesus in you. See that? Okay. Your spirit will, will, will awaken to the glorious liberty of Christ, the liberty that Christ has given. Your spirit yearns for that. Your spirit desires that because God put his spirit in you And it calls out for everything God. All the time. It calls out for everything God. Did I say everything God? It calls out. And he answers when we call. The scripture tells us he answers before we even call. The scripture says that. Hallelujah. So our spirits awaken to the aliveness of Christ, which is greater, greater than any curse of sin, greater than death, greater than the flesh, greater than any hold that sin can have on any mortal body. Greater, greater. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater, listen to this, greater than the destruction of the fall. 
Greater, did I say greater than the destruction of the fall? That means everything is redeemable. You know, they don't, they don't know what I'm preaching, but that song, that very first song, said this. That's how the Holy Spirit works. So obviously he's wanting you to get the message. Greater than the destruction. You have been redeemed. It is restoration. What is the restoration unto? It is restoration into the presence of God. Restoration unto God's glory. Unity with the Father. He didn't create you not to be united with him. United with the Father. Romans 8 tells us that the curse of lack, the curse of sickness, death, destruction, whatever you want to call it, is defeated, is defeated, has been defeated by the Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 2, because through Christ Jesus, listen, Scripture, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, if my scripture tells me that I'm set free from the law of sin and death, I'm going to believe that, and I'm not going to receive a curse. I don't even believe I function under any curse. Because I have a new law in the New Testament because of what Jesus died, because of what his blood accomplished. So if the devil tries to come and tell you that there is a curse in your life, you simply tell him he's absolutely wrong. You function in a whole new place. You have been translated from darkness into light. So I was reading, and I I don't bring other people into the sermons too much, but I do appreciate Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> and so I was reading, and, and he said that God showed it to him this way. And so is it okay if I kind of share his thoughts about how God spoke to him? So basically he said that after Adam and Eve transgressed and were driven out of the Garden of Eden, you know, perfect presence with God, right? Perfect presence with God. Perfect unity with the Father. Okay, let me just transgress for a minute. If that's how God created humankind in the beginning, perfect unity with the Father, perfect, no division, isn't that what he wants for you now? Think about that. Isn't that what he wants for you now? Can't you have that now? Yes. It's his intention. It's how he designed things. And he's redeemed you back. Okay. So anyway, they were driven out. This is Smith Wigglesworth again. Out of the garden. And a flaming sword guarded the tree of life, right? Okay. That flaming sword 
would be the sword of death if they tried to re-enter the garden, okay? The sword of death. It would be the sword of death if they tried to go back. Thank you, Lord, that we get to go to the other side of the veil. That was another song they sang. <laughs> awesome. So, but now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is according to Smith Wills' word, what, what God spoke to him. He said that God put that tree of life right inside every believer. Hallelujah. He put that tree of life. What scripture does that remind you of? I will be like a tree planted beside streams of living water. Right? And my, my leaf will never fail right? It will prosper. I will prosper in everything I do. Go to the first psalm and read that. So anyway, so he put the tree of life inside every believer, and then he put the flaming sword, Holy Spirit, the flaming sword around about every believer to keep the devil out so that we can eat the bread of life with him. Hallelujah. Isn't that an awesome picture that the Lord gave to Smith? The tree of life in us, guarded by the spirit, the, the sword, the flaming sword, the Holy Spirit, so that we eat the bread of life with our Father, with, with our Lord and Savior. So immediately when I read that, I thought, of Psalm 23, right? What does Psalm 23 tells us? It tells us that we get to dine at the table with God in undisturbed peace, in, in plenty, the table of our Lord. We get to dine with him in the presence of evil all around us. When there is evil all around you, you still get to dine at his table in peace and abundance and plenty. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. So in other words, you see, we actually get to live in this, his eternal garden of God at all times, supping with him. I think that's beautiful. And Smith went on. Can I read this other quote from Smith? I actually just found this this, this morning, and I thought it applied. Listen what he says. Everyone who is born of God is kept alive by a power that they cannot see, but they know, they can feel. A power that is generated in God's glory that comes down into earthen vessels and returns to the throne of God. That was our third song today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. So James 1.25, it says, Listen, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, what is our law? the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting 
what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. They will be blessed in all they do. When we continue in that perfect law, to continue in it, you have to understand it. You have to know it. You have to meditate. You have to answer the question in your life, who do I say that Christ is? You have to answer that for yourself. Because God has a blessing for you in all that he has for you to do. So, who do we say, who do I say that Christ is in me? Who do I say that Christ is for me? When we behold and when we receive his perfect law of life in Christ, in us, we are blessed in all we do. We are liberated to think the way that God thinks. We are liberated to live the way God intended us to live. We must see Christ in us as though we are looking in a mirror. You must see Christ in you as though you are looking in a mirror. Hallelujah. And you are seeing him in you. You are seeing his image in you. Seeing that he is for you, seeing what he has done for you, seeing the power and the glory of the Christ. We must see him as though we are looking in a mirror. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. I'm going to read it first in the NIV, and then I'm going to read it in the Aramaic. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, where is the Spirit of the Lord? Thank you. There is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces, hallelujah, we got to walk through the veil with Jesus. Hallelujah. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, that means to behold, that means to understand, that means to to receive, to know, are being transformed, this is you, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. That's you. That's his design for you. That's his plan for you which comes from the Lord, ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. That's what he wants you to have. That's what he has called you to have. That's what he's designed you to receive. Who is the Spirit? Okay, now let me read it in the Aramaic. Listen intently to this, please. But the Spirit is the Lord Jehovah. The Spirit is the Lord Jehovah. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is, there is freedom. You are not meant to be shackled by the boundaries and the limitations of this world. You are not meant to be shackled by the boundaries and the limitations of other people's thinking If they think you're crazy, say, great, I'm crazy for Jesus because I know what the Lord has done for me. 
I have the spirit of the Lord Jehovah, the living God, the King of kings, living in me. Because I am a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. This is no little thing. We should be thanking God every moment of every day for the precious inheritance that we have in him. The Spirit is the Lord Jehovah. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is, there is freedom. But we all see the glory of the Lord Jehovah with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror, as in a mirror, and we are changed into the image from glory to glory as from the Lord Jehovah the Spirit. The scripture tells us that this is from the Lord Jehovah, that you are to look into a mirror with an unveiled face and behold his image in you from glory to glory. This is the spiritual reality of our lives. God has called us and he desires, he desires. It is his heartfelt desire because he created you to see his image in you. He desires for you to do that. He desires for you to see him in you as though you are looking in a mirror. You know, because all he has is life and glory. All he has is good stuff. All he has is perfection. The more we discern Christ, the spirit of life and glory, his anointing, and all that he has accomplished and all that he is, the more we walk in his beauty, the more we walk in his authority, the more we walk in his blessing, the more we walk in his results. And I'm talking about manifest results on this earth. Did Jesus ever have any bad results? No, he never did. <laughs> he never will. So the more we behold, behold as looking in a mirror. So what does behold mean? It means, this is from Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. To fix the eyes upon, to see with full attention, to observe with care, to attend to. He wants you to observe with care his image, beholding him in you, as in a mirror. Hallelujah. The more we pay attention to who Christ really is, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? That question, that question, the way he walked, the results he got by, 
how did he get results? By Holy Spirit, right? He had to walk as a man here on earth with Holy Spirit, just like you. Okay? He said you would do greater works than he. The more we behold his glory, his results, his ways, and his manifestation, because we behold him, we see him in the mirror as in us. We see his restoration of life in us. Here, and I, went, I, and I went to this one scripture, because no matter what's happened in your life, it does not matter. It does not matter. God has the intention for you. I, I, I read this, and I thought this was so beautiful. This is his intention for you, regardless of what's happened ever in the past, regardless of what's ever going to happen in the future. His heart, Jeremiah 24, 6 and 7. God was speaking to him. He said, my eyes will watch over them for their good. And I will bring them back to this land. Okay, speaking about Israel there. But God's heart is the same for you. Are you grafted in the vine? Are you grafted into? Okay. My eyes will watch over them for their good. And I will bring them back to this land. That's the land of promise. The land of beauty. The land of fulfillment. The land of his perfect will. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me. That's intimacy. Intimacy. That I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. How can you not return to a God like this with all your heart? And you will see him clearly when you do that. When we truly receive God, when we truly, and all he wants to be in our lives. You know, so, so many times we think we're unworthy or, or we think we've made too many mistakes to receive everything that he has for us in our lives, and that is a lie of the devil. His will for you has never changed. He never changes. He changes not. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He, he just expressed his heart to you here. Well, one expression of his heart. And when we truly receive him, we are restored to the good land. Believe that. Believe it. Believe that. You are restored, his heart, to restore you to the good land to plant you, to build you up, not to tear you down, to build you up, to plant you in his goodness. Believe that. Believe that. His health, his wisdom, his provision, whatever it is. So what does that mean in practice, like in our everyday lives? Okay, so I put together, well, I didn't, the Lord told me these scriptures because I don't ever do anything on my own. But he gave me several scriptures to encourage you guys to believe that his glory and goodness are for you in your lives. So in every day, it means that his presence in us, his presence in us destroys the obstacles that the devil tries to put in our minds or in our paths, okay? His, his glory destroys that. 
The ga- it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you as a believer in Christ. No weapon formed against you. Okay, here are a bunch of scriptures. I'm not gonna, we're not going to go to them probably because it's too many. I'll give you the references. No weapon formed against me will prosper, Isaiah 54, 17. So it means that we, when we believe this, it means that we become fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Who do you say that I am? Fully persuaded that he who began a good work in us will complete it unto the day of Christ, Philippians 1, 6. It means that we believe that the kingdoms, the keys to the kingdom of heaven that, we, that help us walk into every open door that the Lord has for us, Matthew 16, 19. It means that the gates of hell are not the ones that are going to hold us. The gates of hell will not hold us. We are going to walk into open gates of the Lord, open doors in this present life, Matthew 16, 19. It means that his wisdom gives me every answer that I need even before I ever call. And it means that I can hear, oh, by the way, that was Isaiah 65, 24. It means that I can hear his spirit clearly guiding me, clearly guiding me. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You will hear clearly. You will hear clearly. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and I will teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Another version says, I will counsel you with my loving eyes upon you. That's Psalm 32, 8. It means that I, when I am still and when I listen in my heart, I will truly hear right direction for my life. The living God, the glory of God, the goodness of God speaking to me. All I have to do is yield, yield, yield to the Holy Spirit, to that still, small voice. 1 Kings 19, 11, the word of the Lord came to Elijah it says, in a still, small voice. Another translation says, in a gentle whisper. A gentle whisper. It means that I get to hand off my burdens for his strength and his peace. I will cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. 1 Peter 5, 7, it's okay, all is well. In my weakness, he is strength. He is made strong, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It means that God has stretched his hand to me and covered me with his mantle of love. Say, I am covered by the mantle of God's love. Hallelujah. You walk around, beloved, you walk around cloaked, 
mantled in the love of God. It's your inheritance. 1 John 3. I'm only going to read this in the Aramaic because it is so beautiful. 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2. And behold, how much the love of the Father abounds to us, that he has called us and also has made us children. Because of this, the world does not know us because it does not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not been revealed until now what we are going to be, but we know, we know, we know that when he has been revealed, the Spirit of Christ in us, those were my words added in, we know that when he has been revealed, we shall be in his likeness and we shall see him just as he is. Who do you say that Christ is in your life? Who do you say that Christ is in your life? Because it is time to take the limits off. He already removed them. Why do people constantly want to receive them back and walk in the limitations of this world? He is unbelievable. He is unfathomable. In a human perception, he is limitless. He is almighty. He is more than you will ever need. He is more than you will ever desire. He is more, more, more than you can ever think. He has more for you than what you're dreaming of today. He is the more than enough God, the El Shaddai. He, his heart for you is more than your heart is for yourself. We get to have Christ manifest in us, helping us conquer every fear, every doubt, every discouragement, every insecurity, helping us surmount every obstacle, every limited thought. What darkness, honestly, what darkness can truly survive in our lives when we understand the living God? When we understand Christ in us? When we understand that we have been, we are now governed by a whole new law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How does any of that, how could any of that compare with any trouble that could ever come our way in life. And we know that the love of God is for us. The love of God is for us. 
to bring us into his presence, to bring us into his rest, to bring us into his peace. The king of glory has come to you. The king of glory has come to you. That's reality. The king of glory has come to you. Let me read in Isaiah, or no, Psalms. Let me read in Psalms. 24. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. What do gates symbolize? Lift up your heads, O gates. Open them up. Authority, gates, open doors to the Lord. Lift up your heads, O gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Invite him in. Allow him to be everything he has intended to be in your life. Allow him to come in the glory that he has for you. Allow him to come in the power and the authority and the presence and the peace and the love that he has for you because he can only have those things for you because in him there is no darkness. Who is this king of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. Nothing less. So we get to exchange every anxiety, every burden, every lack, every attack for Christ. Who shall lay any charge against the elect? Who shall lay any charge against the elect? People may try to attack. Situations may try to combat you. Don't ever look at that as a person. You look at it as a spirit. The spirit behind the motivating the person or the situation. But people may come to attack our spirit, okay, you understand what I'm saying, or combat or try to harm. But God loves you and he's got your back. He's for you. You continue to behold him. You continue to believe that his glory is for you. You continue to believe that the spirit of life, the very tree of life, the Christ of life, the living God, is in you. I want to read, the Lord gave me several scriptures to help you continually meditate on the revelation of who God is in you and for you. Him revealed in your life. Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, 
how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? I'm in Romans 8, 31 through 39. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who, is, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Your Jesus is interceding for you at all times. Who shall, amen, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No! The answer is no! You are not sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If that weren't enough, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 in the King James. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Oh, beloved, he has so much prepared for you. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, and he will show you Isaiah 54, 17, just two more scriptures. No weapon formed, forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage. This is your heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me declares the Lord. Hallelujah. Last scripture. 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So that's what the Lord had me share with you today. We're going to go ahead and accept our tithes and offerings, and we're going to take communion.